Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards. It's the Bomb and Com podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. I'm McCowan. That's Shannon. And we are here to chat. And we have not chatted about your favorite team, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, during this no, well, hold, season. Uh, hold on, hold on. Hold your favorite you team. Think, you, you think they're my favorite team? Who do you watch every Saturday night? Well, I have no choice. Yeah, you whoever Trump, dis- that- whoever designed this stupid double header format, you know, well, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, we, we we've talked about your favorite team a couple of times, and we've talked about lots of we've talked about lots of teams around the National Hockey League all summer long. Well, well we was, haven't talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs. We have at not. All. We have not talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the producer and- made some wise choices there. Well, I don't disagree. I think it's time we did talk about them a little okay, bit and, let's and, do it. Uh, and rub crap in their face because that's what they're worth right now. <laughs> well, hold on. We're supposed to be objective journalists. No, we're not. Oh, we're no? not journalists at all. We're podcasters. Okay. That's an entirely different thing. Okay. I don't work for anybody who, who works for anybody who works for anybody who has anything to do with them. So I don't give a crap what anybody thinks. I'm going to tell you what I think of them. And I think they're a piece of junk and they should have fired their general manager. And the president should have been fired because he didn't fire the general manager. And this general manager has been running the same play year in year out for four or five years. And it's gotten them nowhere. And guess what you got coming up this year? 82 games are the same crap you got last year. And then on almost all likelihood, the same kind of playoff scenario. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? It was quite nice. Thank you very much. Um, We're going to bring Nick Kiprios in. Um, Ex-Toronto Maple Leaf. uh, A guy who, you know, with Sportsnet covered the Leafs and now with uh, the fan in Toronto or whoever the hell he works for um, is watching the Maple Leafs very closely. And we'll see what he has to say about all of this. I don't know where you stand either, necessarily. But I'll tell you, going to be a long 82 games in Toronto. Nick Keprios, when we come back after these messages. It's McCowan. It's uh, Shannon with you. We have discussed, I think, every team in the National Hockey League during this offseason, <laughs> have we not? Well, at least, no, we, at least every team in Canada we have discussed. Well, yeah, that's right. Uh, except we really haven't discussed one team in Canada. Because you know, we because we don't want to be accused of being, you know, it, you know, the Toronto Podcast Network. Exactly. Yeah. But today we're going to do that. Nick Kiprios is uh, with us from uh, Sportsnet. How are you? You look beautiful. Oh yeah, and I dressed for you. I got my best uh, fruit of yeah, the T-shirt for you. Now you're you obviously had a speeding ticket, so you're looking after the Metro cops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
This is my this is the, the, the one I usually keep in the car, eh, Shani? <laughs> you know, that actually, that reminds me of a story. Our buddy Sam Rosen in New York, and you know this, Nick. Sam used to be the master of ceremonies at every event for the NYPD and the PD and the, and the policeman union. <laughs> and, 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 he, and Sam had a sticker on his car. He could park anywhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no word of a lie. Uh, I, I had the same sticker when I played with the Rangers, you know, the year that uh, the year we won the Stanley cup, Glenn Healy took us down to long Island and, uh, they deputized us with badges. <laughs> They're one of the one of the few counties in the United States that they that uh, they could still deputize. So they gave us badges. Are you saying police are corrupt? Is that <laughs> no, what you're saying? No, 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 no. They're great guys. Are you kidding <laughs> me? They're all wonderful people. And, Absolutely. Uh, and we, I tip my hat to them. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't sound like that to me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, well, let's get to this Toronto Maple Leaf thing. They have been uh, deathly quiet this offseason again. Um, and in essence, what Kyle Dubas has really done is, you know, he put his all his eggs in a basket, and he's not shaking that basket up much. The only thing he's shaken up is the goaltending. And now he's made uh, – well, he's had – three number one goaltenders in the last three years. And I don't even know. Have you got a number one now? Is it Samsonov? Is it Murray? Is it, is it half and half? What do you know? Oh, it's Matt Murray. 100%. Matt Murray. Yeah. Really? 100%. Until they are proven otherwise. It's Matt Murray. And, and so what concern does that give to you? Well, uh, I think for Leaf fans, it'd be a, a, a lot of concern. Are we going to see Matt Murray, Ottawa Senator? Or are we going to see Matt Murray, uh, Pittsburgh Penguin? So there's a belief that he can regain uh, some sort of form uh, that would maintain Toronto's status as a contender. Um, and uh, he's not as bad as he was and he's not maybe as great as he was, but somewhere in the middle, it might be good enough to continue this march on that the Leafs can compete. Well, what makes you think, what makes anybody think that this guy can find himself with the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's a legitimate question. Um, but, you know, it, it's just not about what you think of Matt Murray. You've got to factor in uh, what's available what do you believe in a philosophy in today's goaltender? Do you truly need still? And everybody would love, you know, that guy in Tampa Bay or that guy that used to be a, a great Montreal Canadian uh, in Carey Price, but they're not out there anymore. And you're now looking at finding a Darcy Kemper than you are a Vasilevsky or Price. And, they look at Matt Murray and they think that uh, if he can stay healthy, all he needs to do is continue to find a way to have a safe percentage of 915, 920, and it might be good enough. And you hope that on most nights, the threat of Matthews, Marner, Nylander, uh, Morgan Riley will be enough that even if he lets in two or three, those guys go get you four or five. Mm -hmm. So Campbell goes to Edmonton. They sign him to a contract. He's getting $5 million, right? 
in yeah, Edmonton. Yeah, that's five. from November. We told people that that price went between five and six million. People were crazy, telling us we're nuts, and there's still people believing that uh, five million's nuts for Jack Campbell. And there's others that say, "Hey, take a look at other five million dollar goalies around the league. It's not nuts." Well, did the Maple Leafs make a mistake by letting them go because they wouldn't pay the five million and they wind up with Murray and Samsonov yeah. instead? It's not that they wouldn't pay the five million. They, they can't. There, there's mm. just no wiggle room here. And, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, if Matt Murray doesn't work out, boys, he's going on long-term disability and you'll wash the contract. It's that simple. Um, and they weren't going to lock in a five million for five years to Jack Campbell. Uh, and they were going to be in a position where there was uh, no flexibility. Jack Campbell's still a gamble. There's no question he's still a gamble, and it's a big gamble for Edmonton, um, but one they're willing to, to make. Uh, I think he's come a long way. I think he's in a small window here where he can compete and be very good. Does he prove as a Toronto Maple Leaf? Can he get Edmonton over the hump? And if he doesn't, will he be blamed? You know, can Holland be blamed for giving that contract? Those are all legitimate questions. But right now, uh, there's no question that Edmonton would feel a lot better. Uh, Edmonton fans feel a lot better about their goaltending situation than Leaf fans do today. You, you, but, but Bob's point right off the top, three different starting goalies in three years. You, you, you know, this, this, this speaks now that, heck, what, what, what Freddie Anderson still should still be here somehow, some way, but they, they, they grew sour on him too. Yeah. And, and so this, this, I mean, I, those guys are all people we talk to that we, I review them as friends, but this just reeks of absolute pure panic that we, we, we can't last a year and then we got to change the goalies again. Yeah. And you know, it, it really stems John, to the fact that, you know, once again, you're, you're locked into a hard salary cap. It didn't go up. Your, your commitment was to four guys. And after that, everybody has to stay uh, interchangeable. You just mm -hmm. cannot have the flexibility of locking anyone else in, as Zach Hyman learned, as McKay have learned as potentially bunting will learn as early as next summer if he mm -hmm. finds a way to score 60 points. And that included a very pivotal position as the goaltenders as well, that you just cannot be in a position now to lock in anybody at over $5 million for a long-term deal, especially when, you're, when you know it's never been harder in hockey history to find legitimate number one goalies that can hold their own for 50 or 60 games. They're, they're, uh, they're non-existent almost. They're, mo they're yeah. almost extinct. So with, with, with your comment there, did, did Morgan Riley make the right move by taking the hometown discount? He could have probably made a few more dollars on the open market. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, a little bit debatable. You know, uh, anything more than what he's making would really 
put a ton of pressure on him. And, you know, you've covered the Oilers the last few years. You tell me what kind of pressure Darnell Nurse is going to have making over $9 million and carrying that uh, mm-hmm. the rest of his career. Can he live up to that? So, um, and, and will it get to the point where he's strong enough that if his play doesn't really have him in that upper echelon of of Norris contending, can he handle it? Morgan Riley's contract is probably in a good situation where, you know, if he has a bad week or or, or a bad couple of weeks, he's not going to get a, a beat down like like Marner had earlier on in his career with the ten point nine. Mm-hmm. Every week that the Leafs a few years ago, uh, had some tough times. This guy took a beating on that contract. That's not happening anymore as he's in that nine, 90 to 100-point year guy and, and, and uh, earning first and team or second team all-star status. That, that's dissipated for, for Marner. For guys like Darnell Nurse, Seth Jones, uh, oh, my gosh, you better – being a Norris contending every week or else you're going to just, they're going to beat the crap out of you for that contract. Morgan won't have that at 7.5. Here's, here's the problem that I have. We've now seen this merry-go-round for four years or so, five years, same guys, same contractual situation, same inability to add players. Um, rotating goaltenders. Uh, essentially, the roster, forget the riffraff on the third and fourth lines, but this has basically been the same. It's the same deal over and over and over again. And there's been no success. And yet they keep running the same play, hoping they can get it right. What do you think makes Dubas believe in this group? as much as he clearly does because he has refused to even fool around with it a little bit. Well, it's the same group. Yeah. I think he's, he's, he's young enough to to be in that mode where I, I can't, I can't look bad. I can't look like I was wrong. Um, So I'm going to double down and triple down on, on, on the message that we've been sending. And we know what that is, that I can, I can win with uh, four guys, right? I, I got my core guys uh, and we'll include, you know, Morgan Riley. So five uh, Tavares, Nylander, Matthews, Marner. And again, uh, I'll build around those guys. So he gets another year. I think MLSE and the board will like him. They were like him a lot. Uh, he checks mm-hmm. so many boxes off in terms of of uh, a face, uh, a name, and now maybe a reputation for for being a, a, a today's kind of guy running our ship. Well, he 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 gets a reputation as as stubborn is what he gets. I mean, if you look at this core, it's no different than the core Chicago put together with Kane and Taves and and the, you know the three or four guys that they had. It's no different than Pittsburgh's. It is different. It, well, it is different. Bob. Well, it it's isn't. Different. It isn't. It's different because those guys won championships first and then got rewarded. And well, okay, got rewarded, and there's nothing to be shown for it. 
I'll buy I, I, that much. I will agree with, but they won championships. Yes. That's the difference. They kept the group together over an extended period of time, but they won championships. Yeah. This team has won nothing even close to a championship. And yet here we are. What is this? Five years now that we've cleaned this group yeah. together. Yeah. It might be, it might be a little more really. I'm, I, I know where you're heading and I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I get it. Um, and, you know, I would almost bet, you know, over my 25 years of experience in broadcasting that I could almost guarantee you if Brendan Shanahan isn't looking after Kyle Dubas, Dubas is done. He's gone. It's over. But Brendan Shanahan's got him there. And he's hanging on, and he needs to find a way to get out of the first round. And if he does, he continues. If he doesn't, we know there's yeah. going to be changes. This is this is this is the last chance for Kyle Dubis and and Brendan, uh, with all his status uh, and his reputation, will not be able to save uh, Kyle Dubis this time around. We know that. You know, there's a fine line between stubborn and patience. Because when you win, it's patience. When you lose, it's stubborn. Um, and But if, if you look at each of these individuals uh, and you went to every other manager in the league and said, would you like Austin Matthews in your team? No-brainer. Would you like Mitch Martin on your team? No-brainer. Would you like William Nylander on your team, particularly with his contract now? No-brainer. Really, the one guy that comes to mind was the first contract. That's the th th That becomes the issue is – how much of a of an albatross in so many ways is the John Tavares contract and has John Tavares become the albatross of this hockey club? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, if, if it ends as poorly as many believe that it will, um, you know, in, in Kyle Dubas's run, I, I think that's uh, absolutely maybe the first uh, finger that gets pointed is, is the Tavares contract at uh, $11 million when it was really skewed towards Matthews and Marner being your Jonathan Taves and Pat Kane uh, in yep. their heyday. That's right. So once Tavares came on board and pushed the, uh, the contract up to 11, that's when you needed to spend another million and a half, $2 million extra on Matthews and Marner. And that's in many ways, John, it's a hundred percent, you know, in my estimation as well, that uh, that's, that's the one that's going to be looked upon as uh, why did you feel the need that you needed to go at 11 when, when your two superstars were just starting to enter the prime of their careers. And, uh, you know, take, what kind of player take is that what contract kind of... out right now, John? Take it out, take it out, take his uh, seventy or eighty point seasons out, Tavares, and and add maybe a six million dollar defenseman and a and a five million dollar forward, and tell me how much better the Leafs might be. So, so that that leads me to the question: is is what is John Tavares still a good enough player? I mean. There were times in that series against Tampa. I know it feels like forever ago now. But there were times in the playoff series that he was their best forward. Yeah, but the but you know in the but, time but, that this contract, it, but in the time this contract has been been in place, the game yeah. has changed. Well, 
listen, uh, yeah, if, if you look at John Tavares uh, and you say, yeah, he, he, he played well, but they still lost. They still – it wasn't enough, John. Right. It wasn't enough right. for a frontline guy. And, you know, you're in a game seven, and uh, would, would you have rather had John Tavares on your team or Nick Paul on your team? Nick Paul was a bigger factor – at the very end than John Tavares was. Boy, that's a, that's a hell of a statement, Nick. That really is a hell of a he, statement. He was a horse. He was an absolute – Nick Paul was an absolute horse and a perfect type of of style and play in, in a game seven scenario. We're not talking about three uh, out of four uh, nights in the regular season. Uh and on any given week, we are mm. talking about how do you win a, a best of seven? How do you wear a team down? How do you how do you physically take over a series? Nick Paul was more influential than John Tavares was. But it's a reflection of the kind of team that this guy built, that Kyle Dubas built. He built a team with thoroughbreds and not standard breads. You know, he he built a team with. Uh, uh, who could skate and shoot and maybe score, but he didn't build a team with any muscle, a team with any real, yeah, great. You know, we're not talking about physical hockey necessarily. We're talking about tough hockey. Yeah, grit, good old fashioned grit. Yeah, exactly. It's it's, it, it's the one thing that's always been missing out of uh, Kyle Dubas's team. There's a little bit of wavering because. You know, uh, earlier on in his in his general manager career, it was skill, 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 skill. The draft uh, table, uh, the mandate was, we don't care six three, six five, five nine. Bring skill. We want the skill. They they drafted small. They had they have had small players uh, throughout their organization. And then there was a small window last year of uh, fourth line. Uh, uh, Wayne Simmons, Kyle Clifford, we're going to run them over a little bit. Then they ran into some penalty issues, right, with Kyle Clifford. And we'll see where they are at training camp now. What is a fourth line going to look like? Is it uh, highly skilled? Is it uh, dump and chase? Do they go back to Wayne Simmons? Do they bury him and Kyle in the minors? This will be interesting to see what what kind of philosophy they have towards uh, that all skill lineup and 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 one of uh, a, a more typical prototypical type of fourth line that we've been accustomed to. It's anyone's guess. Well, but that fourth line has been um, older. And it's physical, but it has no skill. The difference is you're talking about guys on other teams who have some level of skill and can play tough and can be physical yeah. and can be problematic in the offensive zone. The Maple Leafs have nobody like that. Simmons is not like that. Simmons well, has Simmons, rarely been like you know, that. Once upon times, he was one of the best, better power forwards in the game. But he yeah. isn't that anymore. But he is not anymore. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, everybody spoke so highly of, of Jason Spezza, but, you know, they really, truly didn't put, you know, 
Jason in a position to succeed truly because when he was on the fourth line, it was as if he still had all the skill in the world to, to score a, an important goal. Uh, but it, it didn't lend towards Jason playing a fourth line role in the playoffs and having great success. Mm -hmm. Right. No, you're right. You no, you, well, you, and, and Jason, you know, I, I mean, we all like Jason. We all think he's a, you know, he, he actually, you know, became a much more approachable person as he, as he went on in his John, career. John, John, they all become personable when they see the writing on the wall at the That's end of their career. I, I, Luongo, Spezza, they all become these great media guys at the end because they can see the writing on the wall. That's right. Uh, I don't, but you're not wrong. Um, but you know, he was, he was still playing nine or 10 minutes and, and, and less than that in the playoffs at key times. I mean, so yeah. he, he, he wasn't a factor. It was a great story, but he wasn't a factor. And now because of your limited funds, you bring in a guy like Austin Reese, right? So, yeah, but that's only on a PTO. There's no guarantee there at all. That's the best he can do. And, and uh, if he has a, if he has a decent camp, where he's flying all over the place and the media start buying into it. There's your fourth line guy. Yeah. yeah. We got to take a break, but uh, I, there's lots more to talk about with this Toronto Maple Leaf team. Nick Kiprios is uh, with us. We'll come back with more after this message. Hurry into Ram power days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best in class torque and towing among 350, 3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. McCown and Shannon back with you. Nick Kiprios is with us as we take a look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, the last of the uh, uh, Canadian teams, if you will, to... Uh, get our attention. Um, look, at the end of the day, what has happened here is this is a team that has been in place essentially as is for four years, maybe five. And the intriguing thing to me, Nick, is that this general manager has, has, has not done anything to reevaluate his original position. He just keeps going back to his original position and insisting that somehow this is going to work itself out. It has not. There has not been even a step in, a, in the right direction. Something that you could point to to say, okay, they didn't get far, but they, at least they got to the second round, or at least they did something. There haven't even been at least in this. And I understand, I understand Matthews and Marner. You're not going to move them. Um, I, I do understand Tavares at $11 million is going to be almost impossible to move, if not impossible. Nylander is not. And I know that, you know, my opinion of Nylander probably differs from yours. I think you think more of him than I do. But he's, uh, what's his contract, 6.9? Yeah. Something like he's, that, yeah. He, he's, he is two years, if I'm not mistaken, he's, two years away from uh, becoming an eight and a half million dollar player, right? Well, that's fine. But should he be an eight and a half million dollar player with the Toronto Maple Leafs 
Or is that the guy you can trade and try yeah. and tweak this thing? And they have not. Can you explain it? Uh, I think it goes back to what John said a little earlier. Uh, just a, a sheer stubbornness on on Kyle on a, on a program that he sold a few years ago and not willing to bail out on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's still debatable whether or not he guaranteed him he would not be traded or not. Uh, we know the perception is out there. Uh, so I, I do believe that uh, if he was going to trade him, uh, it would be a almost admission of, of guilt that, uh, you know, plan A didn't work, which is fine. I, I don't think anyone's going to necessarily throw that in his face. Uh, but, you know, for me, at the end of the day, you know, if, if Morgan Riley isn't, uh, one of those top five defensemen in the league, he's certainly up there. If you were to get another quality grade A defenseman to kind of play off of him, I, I think it would go a long way to maybe, uh, um, you know, help alleviate maybe some of the goals lost. But it's pick your poison, man. Do you, do you, do you believe that you build Stanley Cups from the net on out? Because Kyle's been going from the forwards in backwards, we oh, know clearly. That. And I, I'm 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 a guy that that builds the team, you know, in front of the, the goaltender, not behind my center iceman. But well, it also it also speaks to, uh, and if you look at teams around the league that even did it the way you talk about, you know, strong goaltender, you know, quality number one defenseman, and then centerman, um, there is an element of a style of hockey that each of those teams has, and you know, whether it's Tampa Bay for all the years that they were, you know, that they are and have been as good as they are, they, they have some grit at times. They're tough. They're tough. Not goons, but they're tough. Colorado now, Colorado's tough. Uh, you know, again, they had the problem is that they didn't, you know, their goaltending was always the question mark for them, right? That, yeah. <laughs> that, and they, 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 won, they, they won the way in many ways, the way Kyle wants to, to win. But you look, to me, the, 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 the blueprint for a quality team right now is the New York Rangers. When you think of Shesterkin and Fox and those centermen down the middle, yeah. the Rangers, and they're in the Eastern Conference, and they're tough. Look, they yeah. actually went and got Ryan Reeves to come back in just to provide that element. Yeah, uh, And I just yeah. don't see that in Toronto. I don't. Well, um, Again, if you're if you're building, um, you know, the the defense first philosophy, um, look at that blue line that's shaping up for the Rangers. Uh, you know, and Adam Fox. Okay, he's not he's not Kale McCarr, where you see more elements of offense and defense. I mean, we know he's he's a skilled player, but the you know even a, a guy like uh, Truba, I. Yeah. I didn't like Truba in Winnipeg, not even a little bit. At the end of the day, it was, what are you? Who are you? What kind of player are you? And now in New York, he's totally found himself. Shut down type of guy, uh, big hitter. He is, our, he is our Scott Stevens right now in 2022, 2023. You know, uh, Keandre Miller, here's another stud. Okay? Yeah. There's three of them. So if we just go back to Toronto right now and we go, okay, there's Morgan Riley. Now what is second here? Like, what Well, TJ is... Brody's second. 
T.J. Brody sick. Oh, John. We're talking no, no, you, you, personally. That is a massive drop. I don't mind T.J. Brody. I'm just not – I'm not getting over. I'm not getting through series against Tampa Bay and maybe New York next year because of T.J. Brody and what he brings me night in, night out. Agreed. That's a massive drop-off for me. And, you know, Jake Muzzin, you know, in his heyday, uh, you know, maybe a, an equivalent, you know, uh, underneath a, a Jacob Truba shutdown guy. Yeah. This guy, this guy's got nothing but wear and tear on him, and you worry about him holding on here. And then you start really dropping, John, on that Leaf blue line. And there is a huge concern right now on how much you want to you want to put the weight of the world on Mark Giordano at closing in on 40 years of age. Is this guy going to have to play 19, 20 minutes a night? I, I think he might have to play more than that, Nick. Oh he might have to play more than That's that. It's a big ask, John. It's a big ask. And, and then, then, that put, then you got to figure out what you're doing with Sandine. You know, you got to get him under a contract. And, you, and I mean, there was a time, and you know this, Nick, because you know, you were an insider for a long time. They didn't like Timothy Lilgren. They wanted to get rid of no. Timothy Lilgren. Now, all of a sudden, he's supposed to be a good player. And not only that, now they don't like Sandine. Well, that's that's the gist of it, right? They they want him to come in and prove that he, he should be a $2 million uh, uh, player. And... Uh, you know, they, he, he was healthy at the end. They didn't put him back in the lineup. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's let's play around a little bit here. I thought this general manager was going to get fired after last year. I think he should have got fired after last year, but he didn't. So he's got this year. We can sit here right now at the beginning of the season and say that he only has this year to prove himself. And if he doesn't prove himself, if this team doesn't do something more than they have, that he's going to get fired. Maybe yes, maybe no. But if he does, what do you do if you're the next guy? How do you fix this this far into this if you're the well, next guy coming in? Uh, is, do you have Brendan Shanahan hiring the next guy? No, I don't. I have him fired too. John, how about you? I think Brendan stays. I think Brendan. Uh, I Brendan think he probably it. will stay, Nick. No, but no, but I, 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 I would, I would fire him if for no other reason. I like him very much, but yeah. I would fire him for not firing um, the GM. Well, I mean that, but that, that, and that may be the case. The board may tell Brendan you have to fire Kyle, and he says no, I'm not going to fire Kyle, and then says okay, you're fired too. That happens a lot yeah. over the years in the National Hockey League. I just don't. I just think Brendan has um, put himself in a real positive position um, with the board, uh, and, uh, and and they owe him a lot of money too, John. They owe him a lot of money. <laughs> Money's. Not yeah, I don't an know issue if they care about group. money. Money's not an issue for this crew. You know that as well as <laughs> I. Do. Come on, come on. I mean. Well, they only pinch. They only pinch pennies on interns and uh, and, uh, and and first year employees. You know, <laughs> if I, I I I lean towards John as well. I don't think uh, Brendan's uh, status as a as a president uh, 
is in jeopardy here. And he's, I would believe that he'd have one bullet to, to get rid of his general manager. Uh, if, if you go back, you know, when they, when he first hired Kyle, uh, we're talking about a decision right out of left field. This was not a, a safe decision at all. Uh, bringing oh, in he got Kyle rid of Lou. He got rid of Lou instead of instead kept Kyle. Exactly. Well, and 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 Mark Hunter. Remember, exactly. Remember, this was this was not so, just this was a decision that they editorially this group made a change. So again, if Bob, if we go back to your original thoughts when we first started. There's your number one reason why Kyle still has a job is because Brendan went out of his way and to think outside the box and to tell the whole world, you know, uh, the days of, of playing it safe with uh, an ex-player or someone who understands the culture of NHL hockey is no longer needed. You know, I can cover that off. I'm going to go get an analytics guy or someone that just uh, can bring up, uh, you know, the the new culture of how to build a, a team. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's that in itself would be a, uh, an admission of making a mistake by firing Kyle before this season started. He wants to give another crack, not only to Kyle, but to the to the sales job of I, I, I picked the right horse here. Okay, I didn't go Lou. I went. I went Kyle. Kyle's going to get another chance here. But you know, if he does have to make that harsh decision as early as November, December, because they're fighting for a playoff spot, um, even Brendan can't think outside the box a second time here. He's going to have to go and get somebody that I think has uh, a bigger pre pe uh, pedigree in terms of. Uh, having success in the past, he'd have to go hire some somebody with a lot more experience. Now that list is not very long. When you think about it right now in this business, it, it, this is, uh, you know, the, the 13 coaching changes last year, Nick, 13 coaching changes last year. We didn't see any managers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, that to me speaks, I think, to the, yeah. the lack of and, you know, guys if, out there that can do it. If there is someone coming in, you know how this works. It's like, I got to look at everything here moving forward. Sure. Um, and, you know, as a new general manager, if I'm replacing Kyle Dubas, I'm not coming in there and saying, hey, you know, we like what Kyle did. We're just going to, you know, keep uh, you know marching on with that philosophy. Uh, the Nylanders, and to a certain extent, if, if I'm a new general manager coming in to fix something that, clearly has been broken. I look at everything, including Matthews and Marner and their future. And where does mm -hmm. it line up? Okay. Where, where am I uh, a year from now with Matthews and his contract? And do I have to find out if he wants to stay or go, or I'm going to get caught again, like the Islanders got caught, you know, and, and, um, and others, I can't, Am I going to get caught like uh, like Calgary did with Johnny Gaudreau, where a frontline guy walks out the door for nothing? Those are well, you want to questions win. coming in. Look, you played this game at this level. You, you, guys want to win. At the end of the day, they want a lot of money, but then they want to win. Matthews and Marner, 
um, forget Tavares because this is the last stop for him. Forget Nylander because I don't think he's in their category, to be quite honest. But these are two guys that will have signed, re-signed uh, a long, long-term deal for both of them, and then we'll have a decision to make. And the decision will be made based on the premise that whatever money they get, they're probably going to get that offer from a number of teams. And the objective then is going to be to win. And they have not won in Toronto. They have not come close to winning in Toronto. They won in Pittsburgh with their two stars. They won in Chicago with their four stars. They have not won in Toronto. In fact, they haven't come close, not even close to winning. You could even make the argument that before last year, Colorado at least came close. They at least had a sniff. They were at least looked like they might be moving in the right direction, and they were. This Toronto Maple Leaf team has been on dead halt for four years. They haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. They haven't done anything. Yeah. I think there's no chance Marner and Matthews re-sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs when the new general manager comes in. Do you agree or not? Uh, we're, we're talking two years from now. and uh, Still. Yeah. Uh, on, on the path that they're presently on, I, I would agree with that. That, uh, you know, these these guys now that uh, are going to end up with career earnings of uh, $150 million, close to $200 million, especially if the cap goes up in two years from now, uh uh, they're 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 all about the legacy. I don't want to be that guy that uh, uh, has never lifted uh, the Stanley Cup. Uh, that that to me is the ultimate here. That's the only thing that matters for a lot of these guys is put me in a position to win. People need to look at me as the winner, and uh, that's a that's a tough thing to do is be uh, be considered a, a great player, but never never had anybody look at me and say, hey, you can win with that guy. That guy knows how to win. That's an interesting thought. So do you think the question will come, is Marner a winner and Matthews, are they winners? 100%, John. 100%. I agree. And, you know, Connor's got that same thing too going on in Edmonton. Yep. For sure. And, uh, you know, uh, Vancouver, uh, Quinn Hughes, you know, Pedersen, all of them are going to be faced with that. It's like, and especially, John, in an era where you get the money first. And in my era, it was, hey, prove it, prove it, prove it, prove it again, maybe win one or two cups, and then we'll pay you. These guys are asking for the money first, and they're getting it, which now puts them um, in a position where the only thing left is to prove that it was the right decision. Well, how do I prove that? You'll win a Stanley Cup. And uh, don't uh, look at the pressure McKinnon had, not only um, externally, but internally. This guy, you know, if, if, if you really truly know McKinnon at times he'd be a real prick, you know, mm-hmm. being around because he puts so much pressure on himself to go out there and be like Sid. And the only way you get to truly be like Sid is if you win. And now McKinnon has got that one check mark 
that Matthews, Marners, and a few other other young superstars, um, you know, Vancouver's uh, Eichel, or I'm sorry, Vegas's Eichel, they're all searching, man. They got the money, but they don't have the respect yet. Okay. So this division, you know, Ottawa has gone out. We think they're better. Buffalo's gone out. We think they're better. Detroit's gone out. We think they're better. Florida's made some changes. They didn't like the the makeup of their club. They went and got Matthew Kachuk. Tampa's Tampa. Boston Boston and Toronto are really the two teams that probably haven't done enough or had done as much as we expected them yeah. to. Where, where do you see Toronto? Where do you see Toronto fitting into this division? Yeah, I, I think there's enough offense, John. I really do. And I don't think Matthews and Marner are going to slow down in any way, shape, or form. I think they're going to have the offense to run in the Eastern Conference. Um, and it'll be the same thing come April. We're going to ask ourselves, uh, do you have the style of play to win now? There, there's, there's two seasons and there's two looks, a regular season and a playoff look. And we know the success in a regular season does not translate uh, into a playoffs unless you build your team a certain way. And your fourth line in November is probably going to look similar to the fourth line in May. Uh, I, I don't know if you're the Leafs. Where is this Nick Robertson? Highest prospect. The, the Leaf media built this guy up, gave him way more attention than any other prospect around the league. And now you're asking, is he a fourth liner? Is he on the second line? Uh, is he even is in the NHL? Maybe, maybe they thought he was his brother. <laughs> Whatever the case is, um, we know the Leafs have the roster to have great success or even win their division, for God's sakes. Wouldn't be overly shocking, you know. But that day-old question, do they have a playoff-looking team to have success? What's that going to look like, you know, eight months from now? Well, the intriguing thing to me, I'll be very interested to see, and I'm I'm reflecting back on something you said earlier, Nikki. Um, I'll be really interested to see what Kadri does in Edmonton and what impact he has. Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. Calgary, rather, sorry. And and what impact he has on that group. Because here's a guy who plays hard, plays tough, plays, I think, the way you like a guy to play. Yeah. And has now won a championship and was a significant part of that championship. And... What I keep thinking about is, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Nylander or Kadri on your second line in Toronto? And I don't think there's any question yeah. in your mind. No, Kadri can win in the playoffs. Nylander hasn't proven yet he can uh, he, he can help uh, win a win a playoff round. And you know, uh, given a few a few dollars here and there, they're about the same. Yeah, in terms of uh, of cost. Yeah, but this Maple Leaf team has a long way to go to prove not to you and I and John and the fans out there, but to themselves, what kind of a team they are after 82, that 83rd game is a whole different thing and they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. For Kadri, for me, it'll be, you know, uh, proving that he can balance out the toughness with the offense. Yeah, a hell of a year. If he didn't get hurt, you know, we're talking about, you know, a hundred point season. Yep. Um, you know, wh- where are you on that? If the team at times lacks 
uh, some physicality, how far you want to push the envelope. We know it got himself in a lot of trouble. Oh, in, I know. In Toronto, it didn't in Calgary or in Colorado. Uh, we'll see. We'll see that balance this year. He's got to. Yeah. He's got to uplift. Uh, uh, he's got to live up to a fifty million dollar contract. He's got to live up to the new offensive uh, player uh, that he is, and also that toughness. But I think he's in a good spot. Well, we will see what happens with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Quite frankly, I'm bored with them already. Um, <laughs> well, I, it's I, an eight, Bob, it's, it's an 82-game exhibition season. Uh, whatever it is, uh, I've seen it before. And, um, you know, I got my receipt from the last four years. And I'm afraid it's going to look something uh, very much like this year. But we will find out soon enough. Uh, well, Kipper, you look beautiful. We thank, thank you very you. much for your time, as always. And uh, we look forward to chatting over the course of the season, pal. All right, guys. Enjoy what's left after that uh, good weather. Here, here. Nick Kiprios. We'll come back and wrap it after these messages. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Uh, we are back. We thanks, uh, thanks to Nick Kiprios for uh, being with us. Well, you well, got I'll all riled you. up about your, uh, about your Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, uh, no, they're your Toronto Maple Leafs. And I'll tell you, it is real interesting to contemplate what the next general manager will do with this team. So you're you're waving the white flag already. Here we are. It's you John. Know, I waved the white flag. La- I would yeah, have I fired. Well, but, was last year. But you, I said it all that, year. So. Yes, hmm? I know. I know. I know. I know. From the beginning probably- of the year, I said if it doesn't work this year, this is the last chance you get. This is one more than I would have given him. Now it's two more. Two more years. I just do not understand this. I don't understand how you can have such a lack of success when you've committed the organization, both in terms of personnel and financially, to this path that has led nowhere. Even even in Colorado, if they hadn't won a championship this year, by getting to the Stanley Cup final, you'd say, okay, at least another step in the right direction. We're close. Yeah. We're really close. Yeah. This team is not close. It's not close. You can look at who beat them in the playoffs and say, okay, well, this team went on and did this. And, you know, they got, they lost to Tampa, Tampa, went about. it doesn't matter who beats you. It's you got beat and you got beat in the first round a million years in a row. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, the last leaf coach to win a playoff series was Pat Quinn. So um, there you go. Yeah, this this reminds me so much of all those years we talked about the Toronto Raptors uh, when they were when Dwayne Casey was coaching um, and 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 they were they were working their way towards a championship, but they didn't have that magic elixir yet, and the regular season really meant nothing because we knew they were going to make the playoffs. We knew that they were going to be you know fifty and thirty two and. And then, you know, lose to LeBron in the first round or lose to... But Brooklyn what was the, the point of round? difference, John? 
Well, they they what was they, the point they, of difference? They made a, they made a coaching they made a coaching change, and Masai went out and made a an arbitrary decision to get an elite player. And what have the Toronto Maple Leafs done? A, a team that well, you're, I, you're but not you wrong. would argue you would argue that Austin Matthews is an elite player. John Tavares is an elite player. No, Mitch no, no, Marner no. is an elite player. They made the Toronto Raptors made a trade. They changed yeah. coaches. They made a trade. Have the Toronto Maple Leafs under Kyle Dubas changed coaches? Yes, they fired Mike Babcock. They get rid of Mike Babcock. Right. What about the current one? What's he done? Well, oh, yeah. I no, no, no. See that? That's but that's an that's an interesting that's a that's an interesting thought. But has, <coughs> you know this this goes back to my line about the difference between patience and stubborn. And and you know the question there comes becomes, a point. Thirteen coaching changes were made this year. The Toronto Maple Leafs were not one of them. No. no How many more I, disappointing? Were there thirteen more disappointing teams in the Toronto Maple Leafs this year? I don't think so. I don't think so. So no, there might have been. You don't want to they change players, 15. then change coach. You don't want to change wow. the coach, then change players. Well, so here, let me, let me something. Let me, let me do let me throw this at something. You. I'm going to get you going right now. Would this team have made have been a better team in the playoffs with Bruce Boudreau? I don't know the answer to that. You know, I love. Well, remember, I, love him. I know. Remember, he was available. Um, I just throw that out there because you're talking about making coaching changes. Well, he would have motivated them at least in, over a short period of time. He's always done that every single time he's taken a job. So, yeah, who knows. I, I, I might've made the move. It wouldn't be my first choice. Firing the coach is not my first choice. Oh, I'm going to tell Bruce that he wasn't your first choice. That's good. No, I said, firing the Toronto Maple Leafs coach oh, okay. was not my first choice. Would not be my first choice. Okay. But having said that, if you're going to keep the lineup that you had, I'd have given Bruce Boudreaux the shot. We got to go. But this, this general manager won't do anything. Uh, we must off. We'll talk to you again later in the week. Thanks for uh, watching or listening, as the case may be, for uh, Shannon McCowan. See you.